0: So how's it going? I'm still feeling positive. Good. Despite
1: evidence to the contrary.
0: Listen, like we said in Patreon, this was not our fault. This was <laughs> one of y'all were too positive. One of y'all were cocky. This was not us.
1: You know, I actually had, I mean, let's, let's like run down. Cause you know, but let's run down the list of everything that happened this week in my life. Okay. It all started on Wednesday yes with the terrorist attack and then um and then our h-e-b was closed i went
0: to h-e-b (laughs) because i was like (laughs) my january is over i I need wine i forgot this was all one day i forgot this This was was all one one day. day so i go
1: to h-e-b and i can't even go to h-e-b so i go to target and get wine because at h-e-b there's like 19 million cops because someone tried to rob the H-E-B.
0: They were like, look, everyone's distracted by their news. Let's go.
1: Yeah. So then I come home and I see workers like out in front of my apartment. I was like, oh, that's weird. Drive inside. Don't think about it. Turns out the water main's broken and I don't have any water.
0: Great. I hate it.
1: So I didn't have any water. And then... Yeah, that was, that was a crazy Wednesday.
0: And it didn't get any but better. Um,
1: then yesterday I woke up and my debit card had been compromised. Someone spent $50 on an escort.
0: Which, like... Which my bank approved. That's what I was going to say. Like, what in your activity... Yes! What in your recent activity made it, so that wasn't flagged, Aaron. is there something you'd like to share with the class? No,
1: here's the thing. It was flagged. They approved the charges. They approved the other $40 charge at some online retailer. I won't even look it up. And then they called me the next morning. We're like, is this fraud? We think it might be fraud. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck yes, it's fraud. Are you fucking kidding me? What the hell? So now I'm missing like $100 from my bank account.
0: That's the worst.
1: I hope that guy or woman, I guess, has crabs. I hope they have crabs.
0: <laughs> so one time my bank account got hacked. Like my credit card number got stolen and people tried to buy porn with it. And so I called and, and um, contested the charge. And the woman was like, and you're sure you didn't make this charge? And finally I was like, lady, look, I'm going to level with you. Porn is free on the internet. I would not pay for it. Yeah, exactly.
1: (sighs) But you know what? I also worked out every day this week. You did. And I lost six pounds.
0: Look at you. I launched a new product line today, and they're incredible. Yeah, you did. And I bought some of it. Yes, you did. (laughs) And so we are still both on this upward climb that is our goals for 2021. I am choosing to
1: believe that Wednesday was a blip. And while it may not be over, listen to our Patreon, patreon.com slash lifetime Simmons. Um, I believe it will be soon. Right. And I believe that once we have a new president established and things kind of turn back to what we normally expect from a president. Yes. Um, things will get better
0: yes um i have to say that while yes things were bleak and continue to be bleak a little bit i have very much enjoyed the amount of creators that have come out of the woodwork to make incredible works of art using news clips and (laughs) and interviews and pictures of these people So here was the best part of Wednesday
1: because Wednesday was pretty shitty, but the best part of Wednesday is I'm watching this all go down. Like, so so I see like headlines start coming through on my phone and I'm I'm, like, I grabbed my laptop and I was like, what the hell? So I'm like watching it on my laptop over here while I'm working. Right. Right. And so then friends FaceTimes me and we're like, are you watching this? Oh yeah, I'm watching this. And then my boss calls and I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm definitely not doing work right now. (laughs) And so I answered, and he's like, are you watching this? And I was like, yes, I am. And he was like, yeah, nobody's working right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, wow. At my old company, that would not have.
0: No, absolutely not. Well, when you, I think it was. Oh, I felt good. I think it was you who alerted me to what was happening. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in class teaching, and I was like. So anyway, the notification on my computer. Um, it's towel time for independent work. If you have questions, <laughs> discuss it with your partner. Um, if you can't come to an agreement with your partner, go to whole- your group. Then ask the table next to you. And once you've asked three people for help, then you may ask me.
1: <laughs> and then and I was- um, now I have to put on my headphones for <laughs>
0: undisclosed reasons. Thank you. And I just went to like, so... Um, I went to all the news sites that were like updating minute by minute, and I was just like clicking refresh and just like reading. And finally, one kid looks over and was like, "Mr. Adams, are you okay?" And I was like, "Did you ask two other people if I was okay first? I told you ask three (laughs) people before you come to me." (laughs) This
1: this is wild. But on the on the other end of the spectrum, watching white people deal with. (laughs) The minimal, minimal consequences of their actions on Wednesday has provided me with so much entertainment. I can't even. Right? Um, Because, like, right now, they have, they have, not all of them have been arrested. Not all, like, there's so much going on, and they're like, I'm on a no-fly list. Like, yes,
0: of course you're on a fucking no-fly list. Are you insane? You're a domestic terrorist, you motherfucker. You are light. a terrorist.
1: Like, god damn it.
0: I special shout out to the Gregory brothers who um used to do this um series on YouTube that I loved called Auto Tune the News. Um, mm-hmm. because they put out a clip that's the end of the Animaniac song, and it went pretty viral. That it's like <laughs> we're animaniac totally insaney, and then it cuts to the woman <laughs> who's crying. They cut me, they pushed me down and maced me, Animaniacs. <laughs> Y'all,
1: like I, I don't understand where like the misfiring happened in all their little brains. Where it's like, oh, we're gonna go and do this and nothing bad is going to happen and for the most part so far they were right they were right
0: so far the worst thing that's happened is the FBI posted their pictures on Twitter and was like anybody know where I can find Martha Ann Jenkins she said her address in this interview but it just don't feel right to me (laughs)
1: literally I have there was a woman on TikTok that posted a video like oh you know She's a she's a black woman and she was Is like, oh, they're going to ask me to go. Place. They're going to go ask me to commit a crime. I'm like, hell no, bitch. You're a snitch. You are literally like. <laughs> you know, black so, people commit <laughs> they have a mask on and a hat on to hide their face. And sometimes they they like put on paint to distort facial recognition and they wipe their phones and blah, 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 like all this stuff. And she's like, you're just out here like, hi, my name's Tiffany. I live <laughs> at one, two, seven, five Main Street in Oakland, Florida.
0: Yeah, yes. I mean, it's just, I don't, I, I don't understand what the. like, hell no, I don't want to go commit a crime. <laughs> right. What did these people think was, was going to happen? That's, oh. that's where I'm still lost.
1: God, it's crazy.
0: Well, before we spend the entire two hours talking about Wednesday, um. This is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm Paul. And
1: I'm Aaron.
0: And this week, Aaron made me do some real bad research about a real bizarro case. I didn't make you do anything. <laughs> it was so I good. Look under your head. I got to watch <laughs> Forensic Files, so, and oh, God. I watched the- Did they explain to you how Luminol works? That's what I was about to say. They didn't even mention Luminol once in this episode. The audacity. Right? Like, if we're playing the drinking game, I'm still sober at the end of this Forensic Files episode. Well, that won't do. Right? All right. Are you ready? I am so ready.
1: This week I watched Death in Small Doses. It stars Richard Thomas as Richard Lyon. You might know him from The Waltons okay battle beyond the stars nope and the original it okay from the 80s that ruined my childhood
0: yes oh that guy okay yes i do know him
1: it stars sean elliott not the basketball player (laughs) if any of you are from san antonio that will make sense um he plays the detective he is from 13 Conversations About One Thing," which is a real mouthful of a movie title. Right. Um, Broken City, The Deadpool, which not to be confused with Deadpool.
0: Right, right, naturally.
1: And Arbitrage, which starred George or no Richard
0: Gere. So. Um, he was married to Donna Murphy. Do you know who Donna Murphy is? center stage she's the dance teacher with the real tight bun um she was also the voice of mama gothel in tangled okay
1: um and finally it stars tess harper she plays the ada the assistant district attorney she is was in no country for old men crimes of the heart tender mercies the jackal Okay. And then we have a surprise appearance um, by a very tiny Evan Rachel out,
0: Wood. Oh, now how are you just going to leave daughter that she was in Amityville 3D from the 80s because every horror film needed a 3D adaptation? <laughs> oh, so you act like we don't do that now. Right.
1: <laughs> okay, so we get a new kind of um, intro here. It says, quote, tonight's film, a dramatization of the investigation of the death of Nancy Lyon, is based on court records, published accounts, and personal interviews. So we flash back to Dallas, Texas on January 9th, 1991. Um, there's a woman who sounds like she might be having an orgasm, but really it's just Nancy vomiting all her guts out. Um her husband wakes up and rushes into the bathroom to give her a cold rag and tell her he's going to call the doctor. He goes in and tells his girls, his daughters, that he has to take mommy to the hospital. But the nanny is on her way And all the early 90s. Remember when, like, your parents would be like, okay, someone's on the way.
0: Yeah. Bye. Yep.
1: <laughs> um, the nanny does make it to their house before they leave, though. They go to the hospital and rush Nancy back to be worked on. Watching movies with people not wearing masks is so weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I catch that all the time.
1: Nancy's parents arrive and the doctor tells them they suspect food poisoning or toxic shock syndrome. And hopefully they will know more when her blood work comes back. But her brother... Slash guy friend slash random dude in the waiting room. uh, No, but it really is her brother. Tells the doctor to wait. There's something he should know. And we cut to Nancy in the hospital bed. The doctor comes in to talk to her and tells her that her family said she had some bad wine and she's been taking pills. But Nancy says those were just vitamins and she stopped taking them a while ago because they made her sick. She also drank wine that some rando left on her porch, and here in 2021, we just call that DoorDash.
0: I wish I could tell you that that part were made up, but it's not.
1: So her brother and sister-in-law, I guess, go to search the house for the vitamins and wine. While her sister-in-law searches, her brother gets distracted by a bulletin board with article cutouts and little scraps of paper with like random quotes written on it um her sister-in-law is like oh that's stuff from her therapy and finally the sister-in-law remembers that nancy asked her to keep some stuff for her after the garage sale so the wine's been in her trunk the whole time
0: oh my gosh
1: her husband come nancy's husband comes home and looks very suspicious of nancy's brother and his wife so i automatically assume that he did it
0: i mean i just automatically assume he did it always
1: Later, he watches from the window as they leave and then calls his girlfriend Bridget. So he definitely did it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Bridget's window, or no, sorry. Bridget's like, oh, honey, what's wrong? And he says "She's he's been at the hospital all night because Nancy's in intensive care. He says the whole family is at the hospital and it's just like the Blame Richard show.
0: Uh-uh. Um.
1: And Bridget says... They're just still bitter about the separation. And I was like, honey, I'm not sure if anyone knows about the separation except you. <laughs> he's like, I know, poor me. And then he's interrupted by one of his daughters. Um, so he hangs up on
0: her. Oh, Bridget great. goes
1: back to sleep, dramatically holding the pillow next to her.
0: <laughs> they were really, like, hitting this one hard for you.
1: Look, this movie came out in 1994. It is a gem. Oh,
0: it was a rip from the headlines then. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: The next morning, the doctor checks up on Nancy, and from the look of his face, things are not good. Meanwhile, they're testing the wine and vitamins, plus all the food in Nancy's house. Everyone gathers by Nancy's bedside. They're all talking to her when suddenly she flatlines. Over at the police station, the ADA comes in to talk to Nancy's possible murder, to talk about Nancy's possible murder. The male police um, detective says, quote, Well, 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 darling. No, and I was like, no,
0: nah. wait, no,
1: no. I'm gonna no. need
0: you to try that one again with less misogyny. Thanks.
1: Yeah. He passes her the file and says that Nancy was poisoned with arsenic. Unfortunately, there was a different poison found in the vitamins, and no f- poison found in the wine. He's like, just a regular Cabernet. I heard here an expensive one. Okay. Okay, thanks.
0: <laughs> That's useless. So the thanks. Detec-
1: the detective and the ADA go see Nancy's parents. They very prominently show the black maid taking their coats. So major points off for racism.
0: Yikes. Yeah.
1: They're joined by the brother and sister in law. Mom wonders aloud who could do such a thing to her daughter. And the brother's like, duh, Richard. <laughs> The ADA is like, that's a fun theory, but we have to like have evidence. And dad mentions Richard leaving Nancy for a while for a younger woman. And the brother is like, Bridget, go talk to her.
0: That's so funny.
1: But dad is like, well, they reconciled. And I was like, dude, your daughter just died. Perhaps her murder is a sign that the reconciliation wasn't going
0: well. Right.
1: Um. So, the brother cannot shut up about all the times Richard tried to poison Nancy, and the assistant district attorney is like, y'all didn't call the police? (laughs) Right?
0: That's what I was about to say, like,
1: (laughs) okay. So, it's time for Nancy's funeral. It's cold and rainy. The ADA and the detective then interview the nanny, who says that Nancy was gone a lot, and Richard liked to hang out with the kids in the garden. Then we flash back to the family playing in the garden. They get into a water fight and Richard accidentally gets water on um, Nancy's blueprint, blue print, and she gets very upset. Um, The nanny says that she could see how much rich, how much pressure Richard was under because Nancy was so much more successful than he was. Wow. And I wrote, I'm sorry, I'm gonna need about, I'm gonna need more information about the pressure he was under. Right. Um, she says that Richard was always an outsider with the family and never fit in. We see them throwing a big fancy party. Nancy's mother makes a comment about how the children should be in the nursery where kids belong. I was like, oh god. Um, later, her brother gives a toast, calling Nancy the greatest architect in the Armadillo State, and I was like, no one calls it that.
0: No, not a single person
1: um and then he jokingly says quote too bad she had to run off and marry a damn yankee
0: in fact the real quote is she married a yankee and a yard man oh my god <laughs> because they were from like money money and he was from middle class He was oh like- yeah
1: they make it very clear that he that they were from money money um later her brother no i'm sorry Everyone looks uncomfortable, but Nancy and Richard clean glasses. And later they have a big fight about it. And then she tells them about a trip to the whole family took to Arizona. And afterwards they came back all different people. We flash back again and it's Christmas time. The girls are asking Nancy a million questions no. about she, where
0: their dad is. Did she come back with the wrong family? Like how different were they? Very different.
1: Um so the girls are asking Nancy a million question about where their, where their dad is and why Nancy stopped working. She says it's because she wanted to spend more time with them. Later, as she's tucking them into bed, Richard comes in with an armload of presents. Classic fun dad behavior. Yep. And later, they argue about it all. Very loudly. From what I gather, he left her and got a new girlfriend and Nancy still gets the bills for the jewelry he buys for this woman, so uh-huh. no! Yep. So she finally yells at him to just go back to his little girlfriend. And he says, quote, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And he leaves. She cries and the nanny comforts her. Nancy says she's not going to let Richard go. The nanny says that when the divorce was going on, Richard wanted to share everything 50-50. And Nancy said, quote, over my dead body. But then she corrects herself and says, well, she wasn't going to just let him two step out of her life. And... Is this how people think Texans talk?
0: Well, were they all wearing ten gallon hats and cowboy boots even whenever they were like asleep in bed? Because
1: no, there's so many like later the 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 ADA tells the brother, Oh, that dog won't hunt.
0: Okay, now that's a phrase that I my family it uses is, often.
1: But- it's not a phrase that the I typically hear a district attorney use when referring to a murder case, right? Okay. Um, so, anyways, Nancy demands full custody, child support, and changed her life insurance policy, giving the mother giving the money to the girls instead of Richard. Okay. Um, Richard comes back because of all this and tries to work on things and bada bing bada boom a few months later Nancy's dead the ADA drops the bomb that Nancy was poisoned and asks the nanny not to tell Richard Richard doesn't know because he never called the hospital or anyone to check and see what killed his wife
0: so why wasn't the movie just over right then like case closed
1: I'll tell you why because they can't link Richard to any arsenic
0: no, I, I mean, I know why.
1: I know. Mom pulls out an envelope later um, to the ADA that they received that morning talking about justice. It's gross. Um, the nanny comes in from the grocery store and is met by Bridget. Great. It's the audacity for me. Um, <laughs> later that night, after the nanny cleans up, she goes to talk to Richard and accidentally drops the bomb that Nancy changed the life insurance policy. Richard ins- insists that Nancy would never do something like that. After she says goodnight and leaves, he starts going through everything double time and then pushes everything off the table and screams. So that's normal. But now we interview Richard. He plays dumb about all the poisons for this huge ant problem. He says at some point he might have bar- bought some arsenic or something or other, which uh-uh. is not as good as antifree, but I'll accept it. All right.
0: Participation so the detective was like, at least. Huh? I said participation points, at least.
1: So the detective is like, "Did you kill your wife, you dumb dumb?" Because that, is, as it happened, she died from arsenic poison. And Richard's like, "What? Me? Little old me? No! How dare you? Why would I ever?" Mm-hmm. Um, they get into one of those fights that were popular in like um, nineties and like like early late eighties, early nineties movies where like slowly they start to stand up until they're both like standing up and screaming at each other i
0: love that so much just the raw masculinity Mm -hmm. they're just like coursing testosterone
1: (laughs) fine finally richard yells fine i'm gonna call my lawyer and the detective snarls you do that
0: good man this was so 90s i am so excited about this movie
1: Sometime later, Richard and Bridget are watching the news. Richard has now lost custody of his kids, and the lawyer is telling the news that the police are maliciously attacking him. Um, which just sounds like some rhetoric I've heard this week, and I'd rather not relive. Um, so Richard snaps back and tells the media that he's now afraid for his daughter's safety, because what if Nancy's family killed her? I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Now they're interviewing Richard's old boss. He owns a nursery, and wouldn't you know that someone, not saying it was Richard, but if he walks like a duck, um, ordered arsenic on the company account, even though they're in an ag- organic nursery and don't use poison.
0: When you say nursery, you mean they raise plants, not children? Yes. Because <laughs> cause neither, I mean, like, in both instances, you probably shouldn't have poison around your organic <laughs> things that you're raising, but... <laughs> Then the police
1: receive a letter accusing Nancy's brother of killing her. Um, meanwhile, the court gives Richard back custody of his kids because, you know, murder. It's fine. Right. Um BD. So as when they arrive, someone is carrying a bunch of boxes out of Richard's house. And as it turns out, his lawyer has hired a private detective agency to look into Nancy's death. Um, they now think that Nancy died by suicide. He tells them a story about how they met at Harvard. They flirt while working on a project together, but then he goes on to say that sadly, after they got married, Nancy changed. Um,
0: Probably because you turned out to be an asshole.
1: Yeah. Then he talks about how they went to that, um, how they went to Arizona, um, and basically they were going to see Nancy's brother who was in treatment. Okay. Um, After which she quit her job and started going to therapy. So he went out and had an affair because everyone needs a hobby. Right. So when the divorce got ugly, he went back to Nancy because she was a sick woman. And it's just so mean to leave a sick woman, even if the reason they're sick is you.
0: Oh, what a martyr.
1: He told Bridget that Nancy had a blood disease because he didn't want to hurt her
0: right right okay sure jan
1: um the pi asks about the vitamins and he says that if she was taking vitamins he doesn't know how the poison got in the capsules that's for sure the case is going to a grand jury so now we have to wait and see what they have to say richard tells them he doesn't want to lose his family um, after they leave, the lawyer says he needs the PI to see if he can find Nancy's therapy records because nothing gets someone off for murder like throwing them under the bus. Oh my God. And by them, I mean the victim, the victim not right. the- yeah. Grand jury time. Bridget is on the stand. Richard, meanwhile, is at home sitting on a couch and staring off into space like you do. Um, they ask her if she ever gave Richard an ultimatum about getting divorced, and she said that she did. They interview the guy that cleaned up the apartment Richard had, who confirms that he found empty capsules in the apartment that just happened to look like the ones from the vitamins Nancy was taking. So Richard is indicted and arrested. His lawyer says, quote, there are lots of secrets in this case. No. Nancy's Nancy's therapist calls the police station because she wants to protect Nancy's privacy, but she's been watching the news, and she's afraid some big things are about to come out. Um... So, Richard's in jail, and he's very unhappy. And it's just, like, casually mentioned that Nancy and her brother had an incestuous relationship.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it.
1: And I was like, wait, what? Like, uh, uh, Um. He says that they were just starved for affection and never had sex. So, the ADA and detective go to the brother and ask him to take a lie detector test. Um. So he agrees. Nancy's mom goes to talk to the detective about the lie detector test and uh, and to tell him that Bill turned his whole life around and was Nancy's very best friend in the whole wide world. Richard's lawyer is like, look, Nancy's handwriting is near the sprayer that you put the arsenic in. So she totally died by suicide and this proves it.
0: There we go. Case closed.
1: Yeah. Let's go to happy hour. They also read Nancy's diary. Um, about her brother and how Richard quote-unquote saved her and sit on that one. We're going to come back to it. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: we'll come back to it a lot tonight.
1: <laughs> they call Detective Ortega to tell him that the brother's polygraph is inconclusive and now it's time for the trial. Richard's attorney says that quote, motive is not enough to convict someone from murder. And I'm like, that's a really interesting
0: when, argument. When you open with that statement, it's like, oh, so you don't have anything? Yeah. <laughs> literally um the jury's just already like okay husband did it i want taco yeah. bell
1: yeah the nanny testifies that and richard's attorney tries to paint a picture that nancy who was understandably as upset when her his her husband left her for another woman means that automatically makes her suicidal well yeah um Duh. the prosecutor asks about the life insurance information. Richard, this looks super uncomfortable. Um, Nancy's father takes the scan and insists the kids were just "quote playing doctor," which is so short-sighted. Thank you. I love you. You're tea. welcome.
0: Doctor <laughs> Doctor Sarah brought me tea. I thought that's so sweet. By the way, I thought I was going to need a paging Doctor Sarah segment tonight, um, but it's late, and you'll be asleep by the time we get to my part. Okay, I'll give you a holler. Okay. We get a paging Dr. Sarah tonight? Yeah, we'll get a paging Dr. Sarah tonight. I love paging Dr. Sarah. Thank you. you relax. Oh. Okay.
1: Um. So, yeah, the dad is... Oh, wait. Are we good?
0: Yeah, we're good. Okay, I never stopped recording. Is... Everyone gets to hear that.
1: Okay, <laughs> the dad is super, like, out... like out of touch with reality. I guess maybe this situation kind of requires that, but also like, no. Um, So Richard's attorney yells in his face. "Um, This trial is super boring, but while I was watching it, one of my friends posted something stupid on Facebook. So at least not everything is lost. (laughs) Seriously. I don't understand why this attorney needs to be so close to people in order to speak to them. He's a super spreader. (laughs) Richard and his attorney go into court while being chased by the media. There's a handwriting investigator for reasons. Oh, to confirm that Nancy wrote her own journal. A psychiatrist testifies that Nancy sure could have been ingested arsenic in small amounts in order to get her husband's attention.
0: Well, isn't that what everyone does? Uh Uh
1: Just then five new guys walk in to testify. They're from a chemical company. So ADA goes and finds the owner of the company who is magically not subpoenaed and talks to him, but he's, like, not super cooperative. The next day, Richard's lawyer calls him to the stand. The ADA is so confused about why they've called him to the stand, um, but it turns out to be her big break. Great. Um,
0: oh, it turns out to be the ADA's then, big break? Okay. Yes.
1: Um... Do do do. I've lost my place. Um, so they question the they question the the chemical guy, who says that yeah, some lady named Nancy called about a fire ant problem, and he recommended arsenic. And there is this whole like thing about oh, does this you know what what does this like name say on this invoice? And he's like oh, that says Nancy Lyon. And so then the ADA is like wait. I talked to him before and he doesn't use a typewriter for invoices. He writes everything out. And so she gets up and she's like
0: She L is this situation. Yeah, she
1: has her L Woods moment and she's like, um, what what is weird about this like um this invoice? And so she asks if the invoice is one of his. Um, and he says, No, it's a forgery. There you go. Oops. Richard takes the stand in his own defense because wow,
0: he's yeah. an idiot.
1: Um he, while he's talking about Nancy being sick, they zoom in on Bridget, who looks suspicious. He says ordering the art he says he ordered the arsenic but never received it. They interview. Doo do do. A doctor who says that arsenic is actually a really terrible way to die. So yep. It's, un- it's unlikely that um, that someone would use that as their like as a way to, to die by suicide. Um, the ADA gets her own handwriting esp- expert who testifies that Richard Lyon forced forged a lot of Nancy's journals. Oops.
0: Oops.
1: Including the part about how he saved her, which, like, Great. really.
0: Um, well, when you're writing fairy tales, you might as well make yourself the hero, right?
1: I guess. Um, as this happens, they just slow zoom onto his face.
0: <laughs> nice. it's really
1: awesome. Um, And he looks like he could kill someone. I mean, again, I mean, not.
0: I was just saying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh nancy's family eats dinner in silence while the jury deliberates richard sits in his chair and thinks about the time he told his kids that people think he killed their mommy but it's not true and but he may have to go to jail if enough people think that he did the jury has a verdict i could never be a judge they get to see the verdict first and then they have to keep a straight face (laughs) (laughs) i would not be able to like i cannot handle that much responsibility (laughs) like i'd open it and be like
0: (laughs) (laughs) or you just look at it and you look at the jury and you look at it one more time you look at the jury and you're like i think you need to go back
1: yeah this is (laughs) not right (laughs) um anyways he's guilty big surprise um richard is surprised actually bridget is very upset the family hugs sometime later they take the girls to visit their mother's grave and they walk up Looking like the shining twins, um great, I quote, hate it. Richard Lyon is currently serving a life sentence at the maximum security prison in Huntsville, Texas. The
0: end So I'm impressed with how Lifetime got this right and and somehow still it was not as salacious as the real story because like Lifetime had some stuff going on, like had some good source material this week, yeah. Now, to be fair, this was early Lifetime. It's 94. So I was this even pre-Lifetime Network?
1: I'm not sure.
0: I don't remember Maybe? when I used to know the history. Like, I researched the history a lot whenever we started this podcast so I could be mm-hmm. informed. And then, like, at no point did I need to access that knowledge so it didn't matter to me anymore and I dumped it. <laughs> All right. So my main sources tonight were... Um, First, I found a blog called ForensicFilesNow.com, which provides updates regularly to Forensic Files episodes. So, like, if there are breaks in cases or changes in appeals or things like that, they update this blog. And so, Mm -hmm. that was really nice to discover. Um, And then, of course, Forensic Files, as I mentioned, um, Season 10, Episode 21, this this episode was called Writer's Block. And then... Mm -hmm. One of arguably the best true crime magazines that is not initially a true crime magazine, Texas Monthly. Yeah.
1: But so I went to high school with the guy that is the editor in chief of Texas Monthly.
0: Really? That's awesome. They have Mm -hmm. some of the best writers ever. Um, Especially when they report on true crimes. And I was at the, my favorite murder live when they brought um oh I wish I could remember the the big writer that they reference all the time, but he was incredible to listen to and he's interviewed so many um I don't want to say like big name criminals, but like big name yeah. criminals, you know.
1: Yeah, I get um, it.
0: Mm-hmm. So anyway. Look,
1: Texas Monthly is like a rad magazine. Yeah. Texas Monthly. Thank a you d- so
0: much, Jeff. Texas Monthly, The New Yorker, and Vanity Fair really are my top three favorite publications, mm-hmm. like magazines to or journals, you know, to read from. So, anyway, <clears throat> so Nancy Cook Dillard, Nancy Cook Dillard Lyon, was born August 6th, 1953, to a prominent Texas family. I wasn't able to find a whole lot of information on her, which is really terribly sad because I could find more than enough on old dude. Um, yeah. But what I do know is that she came from money, basically Texas royalty, and was even pictured in her lifetime with Barbara Bush because their families were friends. So like they're that kind of money. Um, Okay, good. I bet
1: I've met the Bush
0: family. Yeah, I'm, you also came from bougie roots. I came from below working class East Texas roots where the the biggest name I ever met was after I became a, an adult who was working in like the music industry.
1: I get invited to the Texas inauguration, like governor's inauguration ball
0: every two years. Look at you, Fancy. We should go. Yeah, but you have to pay. It's like expensive. Um, patreon.com slash lifetime <laughs>
1: Look, if we get listen, if we get a new governor, maybe I'll go. Okay. If we get a Democratic governor, maybe I'll go. Okay. You know who I miss? Ann Richards.
0: Okay, I miss Ann Richards. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Um. So, in fact, they had so much money that N- Nancy's dad was nicknamed Big Daddy, like Blanche Devereaux style. So that just tells you how much money this family had. <laughs> Okay, I have a question. So,
1: and this is probably dumb, but since their last name is
0: Dillard, are they like the department store Dillard's? No, so they were, uh, he was a commercial real estate developer. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah. I don't know. So what... um, They actually were not old money, though. Like, he was kind of self-made. And so what that did was instill in the children a sense of work ethic. Um, Not that you can't have work ethic if you're old money, but because they were, like, first-generation wealthy, he made sure his kids understood the value of the hard work to get there. Um, You know, it's
1: interesting because a lot of first-generation wealthy don't do that.
0: That's true, too. Um,
1: So she— Looking into you, Thomas J. (laughs) Henry—
0: she was known as hard working and practical. She was top of her class. Um, she eventually worked her way to get a master's degree at Harvard school of design where she, um, got a master's in architecture and basically we stand a queen. Yeah. Because like she was an architect in the eighties and nineties when, I mean, it's still a male dominated field, but like, absolutely. It was not as female welcoming as it is today. Even. Yeah. Um, So while at Harvard, she met Richard Lyon. And if you could all have seen the way my eyes rolled. um, So Richard Lyon was born on April 22nd, 1957 to a middle class family of five children in Connecticut. His father sold insurance and um, he so Richard attended the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and then eventually went to the Harvard School of Design for a graduate degree in landscaping and architecture um, And then this is where I find things so interesting. So um, Texas Monthly ran a story written by a reporter, Gail Golden. Um, Gail mm-hmm. had been the lion's neighbor. They shared a duplex. Um, so like for this whole thing to go down and their neighbor was a reporter who wrote for Texas monthly meant that we got such an incredibly crafted story from somebody who was close to the source. Which Um, is always good. Right. So the, um, Gail wrote quote at Harvard, they had teamed up on all their projects working through night until collapsing together in the single bed they shared. According to friends, Nancy had the ideas and Richard the speedy execution. And so. Uh, no. Right. Um, no. So they worked on their work together all the time. Um, and they mm-hmm. would, they in fact started working to make their handwriting look similar so that they could get away with, um, he could get away with handing in papers that she'd written for him. So um, basically she got two master's degrees, is what I'm telling you. Um, but their handwriting was actually kind of creepily similar. Um, no.
1: I I reject
0: this. So they married in 1982 and they bought a duplex in University Park, which is a very affluent um, area of Dallas. Um, And it was this duplex, like they owned it and Gail Golden and her husband rented the other side of the duplex. So that's how they kind of all came together. So forensic files portrayed Nancy as this sweet, generous soul. um, And uh, I repeated three times that Gail wrote this article for Texas Monthly. She was also interviewed in the Forensic Files episode. So, um okay. I also enjoyed that she was involved in that as well. They yeah. were she said that they were intent on working hard, but they also freely took help from Nancy's father um, in the form of loans and business clout. And so in 1982, Nancy accepted a management job with uh, a friend of the family, Trammell Crow. He um, was a real estate developer. And she, she rose quickly and was made a partner within a year. Um, and that was, she was the first woman to ever hold partner status in this real estate firm. Um, Good for her. Yeah, or in this developing firm, I mean. So... um, in 1984, mostly reliant on um, the recommendation from Big Daddy, Richard was hired by a different developer, Kenneth Hughes, to oversee construction of his firm's largest projects. So Richard did well for himself as a project manager um, at this landscape architectural firm, but it was well known that Nancy was really like making the big money. She was the kind of breadwinner of the family. Um and which
1: put Richard under like in order name <laughs> right
0: just, just just so stressed
1: so so much stress it's like you know that Eliza Schlesinger bit where she's like I am so stressed out I have worked <laughs> like, like ten hours this week yes <laughs> <laughs> um so by
0: 1990 they had two small daughters and a lot of friends they swam at the country club they joined in on vacations the that-
1: country club. <gasps>
0: They joined in on vacations that Nancy's parents paid for. Um, you know, they were just like my living. grandparents used to do that. They t-
1: would, they would take our the uh-huh. whole family on. Well, they would take us to Florida, but bef- even before I was born, they would like take all my um, my m- parents and then my mom's siblings and their spouses, everyone
0: to Acapulco like three times a year. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so Nancy and Richard continued working, um, and continue, oh, sorry, I skipped, I cut out some of the information that I didn't actually put back in later because I was going to restructure. So they like enjoyed working in the yard together. They were constantly doing, um, like, because he was a landscaper, he, they were like always, um, pruning their yard and manicuring it and redoing right. things, yeah. you know, just little, little things in the backyard. And so um, Gail mentioned how they enjoyed working together as a family often. And uh, she said, quote, on their own, they transformed the once scrawny backyard into a little paradise, planting trees and wisteria, driving bricks into the sand to make a patio, hanging chimes in a hammock. Um, she said they even constructed this little dollhouse for their daughter, Allison. She said they constructed it hand, like, by hand, shingle by shingle. And so like, I guess when your parents have masters in design and architecture, you probably have the best dollhouse that's ever been made. Probably. Yeah. Um, probably. So if Richard resented his wife's family for her success or her success, however, he never let on in those early years, um, The couple ate burgers at regular Dillard picnics by the Dallas Country Club, like by the pool at the Country Club, I mean. They'd go on these family vacations. Um, He worked with Nancy on her Junior League philanthropy projects. Um, They... Once they had children, um, especially right after Allison's birth in 1986, they kind of took up that Highland Park expectation, which if you're familiar with the Metroplex, the the Highland Park life is kind of like where the Real Housewives are. Um, yeah. And so they hired a, na- a full-time nanny. Their children were on the waiting list for the best preschools. Um, they taught Sunday school. They taught in the nursery. Um, and they were never like, Blatant materialists, according to Gail um, Golden. She said, Their life in the 1100 square foot duplex appeared simple and earnest. They spent weekend nights at home renting old movies. On their own, they transformed. Oh, and then that's that quote that I pulled. So I wrote this once and then rearranged it and didn't delete things that I wanted to. <laughs> um And then she said, But my husband and I could see the stresses build. By 1988, the real estate boom had gone bust. Richard's work with Hughes was slowing. In 1989, their second daughter, Anna, was born with a hip problem. The cramped space seemed nearly intolerable. All through that summer, we would listen to Anna's crying in their bedroom. Richard was gone on business often. Um, And so, as every forensic files watcher knows, that when this... <laughs> Luminol is... In- <laughs> When this beautiful family starts to experience the first amount of stress and the husband takes business trips, what that really means is he's having an affair. Yep. Like, sorry, not sorry. That's what Forensic Files teaches you.
1: You know, I feel like sometimes the police should just change the way they question people. (laughs) And, like, when a wife gets murdered and they bring in the husband, it's just, like... It's not like, do you have a girlfriend? with like, like, did who's your affair your start?
0: Or who's your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> write down her name. Yeah, because they always have a gr- they always have a girlfriend. Uh, Makes me fear for monogamy. To be honest, part of the reason why I don't want to get married.
0: Well, I have no response to that. I'm sorry. Don't be. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, Richard had this better marriage. to like break up with
1: someone than to go through an expensive divorce, right?
0: Fair enough. Um so Richard had this affair with a coworker named Tammy T A M I um I think I prefer Bridget if we're picking names but um so the affair started Tammy seems appropriate The affair started around 1989 um and Nancy found out but instead of getting like outwardly angry she fell into this really bad depression
1: So As- as did I, but for a di- there was different circumstances
0: right um, so Gail said that in the fall of that year they had they started picking up hints that the marriage was troubled um they'd figured out that Richard had met another woman that he wanted out um and but the first real sign of their breakup came the day after Christmas she said quote. We awoke to see their tree stripped of its ornaments and lying on the front sidewalk to be hauled away. Richard was crouched in the driveway with a packed duffel bag on the ground beside him, his face bitter and unhappy as he held an arm around little Allison and spoke softly in her ear. Then he threw his bag into his red 1966 Mustang and drove off.
1: Okay, no. No. You don't get to talk about how fucking pathetic he looks in his driveway with his duffel bag hugging his kids and then gets in his 1966 Mustang and drives (laughs) away. Fuck
0: you. So let me start by saying that because Gail Golden was friends with the couple, she admits in the very opening of this that it took her until the trial to be convinced that he had any anything to do with this. Um, and so she actually does a really good job at painting this guy who is awful, but not a murderer. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, and it's kind of in the closing paragraphs that she's like, here's where it all hit me. And I'll, I have that quote later, but she, you know, like she's reporting on two of her best yeah. friends at this point. Yeah. Um, so, um, the separation left Nancy dumbfounded and distraught. He had told her he was going to a family counseling program in Arizona, but instead he was just going on a ski trip with Tammy. Two weeks later, he was back and then he moved out within a month. Um, and over the next year, she was, she was endlessly willing to endure Richard's like occasional short lived attempts at coming back home. Um, and she's she told Gail, quote, I know the real Richard. This isn't like him. He's a family man. He's sick, but I know he'll come around. So she really believed oh, honey. that Right. Like she really believed that that this relationship was salvageable and that on the inside somewhere he was a good man. So, oh he's not. No, he's not a good man. No. So he's very bad man. By early summer nineteen 19- well, that was um That was Nancy who believed he was a good man. Like she held on till the end, you know? He's not a good man. No, I know. Um, So by early summer, 1990, the separation had started to take a physical toll on Nancy. She got like bone thin. Um, One morning she knocked on Gail Golden's door. She handed them Anna. And then she sat down on their front step and just started to vomit everywhere. So they got a bucket. They called her parents. Um, later that day, Gail took her some soup, and her do- she said that her doctor had attributed the illness to some antibiotics she was taking. Two weeks later, she said that she tried taking the same pills again and got sick again. Um, um... Yep. So... Um, When Richard filed for divorce in September, everybody in Nancy's life was relieved. Um, It seemed like this finality strengthened Nancy. Her attorney requested that she get sole custody of the children, child support, and rights to as much as $260,000 in separate assets. Um, One settlement proposal suggested that Richard was willing to give Nancy most of what she wanted um and so nancy kind of livened up that that she was going to be out from underneath this you know just kind of oppressive situation she and that's
1: the thing like while these things are just continuing to go on and continuing to go on and just on and on and on it's it, it takes so much out of
0: you right um and so she told Gail and her friends that she was planning to moving to Washington, D.C. to find new work um, and just kind of start fresh.
1: Yeah. But well, from 2020, I can tell you. 2021, I can tell you that's probably a good idea that you didn't.
0: By, um, by mid-November of that year, though, Richard started appearing around the duplex again. Um. Richard had said he wanted to reconcile, but Nancy had said that he had to prove it, that there wasn't any like come and go anymore. Um, right. And Gail says that the place kind of came alive after that. The So during the separation, the backyard had like withered. So this like oasis they'd built became just kind of a, a dead garden. And um, so they started planning to redo the backyard. They, Richard was going to build this playhouse himself. Um, he, in fact, worked late into the, like, nights to finish it before Christmas. Um, he put a wood-burning wood fireplace in the living room. Um, but anything Nancy requested, he made happen. In the evenings, he, like, pl- built pillow, pillow forts with the kids, and he played his guitar, and, like, just this house had come back to life. Um, mm mm-hmm. And then my you know mom
1: calls guys like him garbage. Or <laughs> <no>. <laughs> my mom used to call my high school boyfriend, she like my high school sweetheart. She would, whenever he would come back around, she'd be like, He's like a bad penny, he, he always shows up. up.
0: Yep, mm-hmm. um, so, um, so that was you know Christmas time through the end of the year and then cut to January 1991 where Richard shows up on the Golden's doorsteps and um, asks if they will watch after their daughters while he took Nancy to the emergency room. And because this was the early nineties, like the way he, they watched over the daughters is he brought out their baby monitor and handed it to the Goldens and was like, Will you just make sure they're not dying um Mm -hmm. so um can confirm this did
1: happen yeah
0: so he said that she was nauseated that she was vomiting she had uncontrollable diarrhea and that he needed to get to the er fast um and so
1: but you know not so fast that she doesn't die
0: right um let's see so she said gail golden says quote we took the monitor without a thought and then nearly six years we'd lived side by side sharing as we did a wall a french porch a backyard and the cramped conditions of middle income park city housing we had come to rely on each other for life's little emergencies electronic babysitting pet care during vacations newspapers retrieved from the rain during the past year especially as their marriage crumbled and richard was frequently gone we had come to We had often come to Nancy's aid. We helped when she was sick, collected her mail, and listened to her phone. Now this. uh, Don't worry about the kids, I said, as Richard headed back to his door and tell Nancy I hope she feels better. Six days later, she was dead. So during her six-day stay at Presbyterian Hospital of Dallas, Nancy's illness continued, and she begged the medical staff to save her life Um, So doctors frantically did tests to find the cause of her illness, but she died before they had a chance on January 14th, 1991 at the age of 37. While treating. How old I am. Are you currently 37? Oh, I thought you were turning 37. I always make you younger in my head.
1: Nope. I turn 38 and. Okay god
0: i'm fucking old okay so So, um so while treating nancy a third year resident dr ali Bagheri, became suspicious about the cause of her symptoms he testified in Lyon's murder trial that soon after nancy's admission to presbyterian um he waited until lion left nancy's bedside and then he lifted and then she like motion that she needed to talk to him so he took off her oxygen mask so she could speak and she whispered that she had become violently ill after drinking some horrible tasting wine from a bottle left anonymously on her front porch during her separation from richard and i think in 2021 we know this but if you're listening and wine shows up at your house that you did not order please please don't drink it
1: What if a friends in it?
0: You know? <laughs> well, if you don't know its source, like if you don't know <laughs> where to write from, just please don't. Like I feel so bad for this woman. But
1: and, but doesn't the doesn't the wine fairy break you stuff sometimes? Uh,
0: I've, wine, I've, wine, I've I've never wine fairy? been good enough for Santa Claus or the wine fairy to visit me.
1: But I not the
0: wine fairy. So um. He also said that Nancy told him of at least two other means by which she suspected um, Richard had poisoned her. He gave her this horrible tasting soda. So they were at the movies one time on a date night while they were trying to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And she took a drink from the soda and it tasted awful. And she looked down at it and it had this like white powdery substance floating in it. Um, Interesting. And then he had also urged her to take these strange pills, which he told her were vitamins she told um, Dr. Bergeri that she feared her husband. And then she died before he could really do anything about it. Um, so, so what's
1: interesting is, like, in the movie, they use the brother as this character that, like, knows everything that's happened. Right.
0: No, this Instead was, of the doctor. This was a resident. Um, so this is the part where I'm inviting dr sarah to come and give her expertise um yay so i just texted her um so the hospital initially reported nancy had died of natural causes but um dr bagary reported his suspicions and this launched it into a criminal investigation um so police had their suspicions, but a lot of but there were a lot of people who were suspicious at this point. So while Richard was one of their suspects, Richard had provided information that led to other suspects as well. Um, so first of all, police found that Nancy had been scheduled to appear to testify against her boss Trammell Crow, and um, his he was being tried for embezzlement. She'd mentioned to people close to her that she was. Um, uncomfortable testifying against him because they had been close when she worked with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And police also found that she'd received a threatening letter that read quote, stay out of the Bagwell case or you and your family will face the wrath of God, which is like, just, I love when I get sweet notes from people. You can't. Um, So nobody was ever able to track where that came from. Like it literally could have come from anybody. Um, so, just so investigators found a receipt then from a company called Chemical Engineering Company, which sounds made up, but apparently isn't um, and the receipt signed by Nancy showed the purchase of barium carbonate, lead nitrate, cyanogen bromide, and ar- arsenic trioxide I almost said arsenic <laughs> because arsenic. you. Really- Arsenic trioxide. Richard told investigators that Nancy had brought arsenic to poison fire ants in their yard. And, like, I've been from Texas my whole life, and I don't know anybody who just buys straight arsenic to treat fire ants, but maybe I'm wrong. Do you know? Is this a thing? I think it is, yes. Okay. Now, since I have paged Dr. Sarah, I have several questions for her. Okay. Yay! Okay. So, first of all, I'm wearing this hat. Okay it's important that she tells y'all that she is wearing her thinking hat while she talks to us. <laughs> um, so are you familiar with any of these besides arsenic? Cause clearly people know what arsenic is, but like barium carbonate, are you familiar with what that is? It's used in glass production and apparently it's the first thing that they found in her body. Okay. Um, lead nitrate. I mean,
2: that's,
0: Lead. How would that affect a human body Like if we we're trying to kill somebody with lead? A lead would be a hard thing to kill somebody with. Um, can you hear her? Okay.
2: So, like, in general with lead, the, pro- the problems with lead are, like, long-term exposure. They do cause problems over long-term exposure, mostly neurological problems and hematological problems. So, um, can cause some, like, weird anemia, and then um, generally cause, like, problems with your neurological system.
0: So not the ideal way to murder someone.
2: No, that wouldn't be a way to try to murder someone. So, like, plus, generally, I mean, unless, like, we don't see it, uh, unless you live in Flint, Michigan. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Am I not
0: supposed to say that? No, that's, I mean, it just sounds like you've been listening to this podcast forever.
2: Oh, well, you know, also, public health is important. Yes. You should give people clean water to drink.
0: Okay, don't talk crazy here.
2: (laughs) Anyway, uh, but it's, you know, unless you live in a really old house with leaking paint and your kids are eating paint chips or you're getting, like, super, super scary toys...
0: Um, Aaron says chill out with the public health push. Right now we're very concerned about people being able to access Twitter. That's what we're angry about right now. I can't get into mm-hmm. my Twitter cuz that email doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> well, Trump can't get in it either.
1: <laughs> well, we if Sarah to- can't get into her Twitter, that is censorship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Aaron says if you can't get into Twitter, that is censorship. And uh, no, I'm mostly, mostly my sunshiny 365
2: hotmail. Uh, no longer exists. No longer exists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
2: anyway, lead would not be my first choice to like out and out murder somebody. But over in, you know, over a long period of time would eventually make them feel pretty crummy.
0: Okay. What about cyanogen bromide? So
2: that's cyanide?
0: Is that cyanide? Okay. It's
2: like 990.
1: $9, $9, Sounds like so almonds. That's
0: Um, that one okay and then arsenic trioxide um which eventually we find was the cause of her death so i want to know from a medical perspective what arsenic poison looks like like so basically all the experts that testify is this is just a really shitty way to go and the defense was trying to craft that she took her own life and basically, oh. every medical professional they talked to was like, no. literally, nobody would kill themselves no. with arsenic.
2: No, Tylenol is m- much easier. <laughs> I don't think I'm asking
0: for suggestions. <laughs> like, this is a, a recommendation. Making,
2: sorry. Don't kill yourself. I love you all, and nobody kills themselves. Please. But especially with oh, arsenic, I would be like, so just a glutton for punishment. Uh, so arsenic is actually really like biochemically interesting.
0: Yeah, that's uh, what we're here for. We're here for people who actually know things <laughs> to tell us more than Paul and Aaron would ever dare to research.
2: So basically, arsenic um, inhibits some of the enzymes in the cell- cellular process to make ATP. So ATP is the energy. It's basically when your cells, your cells take in all of your, your food and they chemically change it into ATP, it's what your body breaks down for energy. It's the energy storage form that your body breaks down. So arsenic inhibits your body's ability to make energy.
0: Okay. Um, essentially so by, does- dis-
2: by disrupting some of the biochemical processes.
0: Required. so d- does it mimic like an advancing mitochondrial disease
2: so it it can okay, um, especially like so people with mitochondrial disease didn't have a lot of gastrointestinal problems uh-huh uh, there are some also some really like super terrible but also very interesting mitochondrial diseases that do all kinds of interesting right. things that are terrible, but we
0: happen to know several that's why I know
2: yeah, like I'm, <laughs> anyway. You know, if it's weird or wacky, it walks into my hospital.
0: That's true. Uh, but,
2: um, you know, anyway, but um, large doses, so like if you were trying to make someone sick today and you <laughs> gave them a lot of arsenic, they would have like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, maybe bloody diarrhea.
0: So all the things he described as he rushed her to the hospital.
2: Um, yes. Yeah. Over long periods of time, so if you were going to, if you were like doing the, what is that?
0: So if he was microdosing her.
2: Microdosing. So that is actually, so you can still get gastrointestinal complaints. That's sort of the biggest thing. Chronic aches and pains, skin changes are very common. So like skin thickening and like weird skin lesions
0: could this have contributed to massive weight loss that she had so she was like a a healthy fit person who then went down to like under 100 pounds absolutely um also like like
2: long-term chronic poisoning so let's say it's in your groundwater uh, or um something like that Mm -hmm. um has increased risks of cancer Okay. Um of multiple different organs.
0: Okay. So real awful stuff.
2: Yeah, it's all bad. Like it's a mean that's a mean thing to do to anybody.
0: <laughs> you, you heard it here first, folks. Giving people arsenic a is a mean mean mean, thing to very thing. Very mean thing to do. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I was just—I was curious as to how it worked because, like I said, all of the—and I know that it sucks—and I had a, a vague idea, but like, especially in this research, it was basically all the medical experts. So,
2: so it disrupts the citric acid cycle. Okay. So there you
0: go. I have citric acid in this house because I make bath bombs, but I don't think that helps you in make this bath case. Fizzes oh yeah oh, i'm not allowed to say bath bombs because our two-year-old tells people he makes bombs <laughs>
2: yeah i had nightmares of my kid going to daycare and saying me and daddy made mommy bombs for her birthday
0: <laughs> especially with the week that we've had
2: <laughs> so we call them bath this is in our house
0: now um So, all right. So the hero of this story, you should be happy to know, is a third year um, internal medicine resident who figured everything out.
2: So did the person actually die? Yeah. Well, that's just stupid. Yes,
0: it is. It's just a mean thing to do.
1: Dying is
0: stupid. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Sarah. Have a good
2: night, everybody.
0: Bye. Bye. All right, so um, I'm always glad when we can pull her in to, like, actually have some head she's knowledge. The best. <laughs> it's just, the best. like, not to brag on how incredible my wife is, but it is a little daunting to, like, be sitting at the dinner table and knowing that her head is so full of shit like that that she's like, well, it disrupts the, the citric acid cycle with blah, 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 blah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, so I was teaching a kid how to read a book today. <laughs> like."
1: Yeah. You're like, sometimes uh, we do projects where I turn off all the lights.
0: (laughs) I went viral on TikTok. I have nothing to bring to this conversation. So anyway, so because of this resident, they did the testing to find that it was arsenic poisoning. However, um, the the defense and um, the defense had crafted this idea that she had taken her own life. And the police of course had to investigate this, um, especially because of the discovery of this um, diary entry that they found that alleged her brother um, of sexually abusing her. So she'd written. But she didn't even write. Well, we're getting there. So she had written um, very like, she'd written veiled references to what she called six sex. And then she eventually said, um, you know, incest sex and that she worried that he was going to hurt her and her children next. Um, and so the police began to question the brother as a suspect and his family holds that he would have never done such a thing. And they questioned the validity of this diary entry. Um, and he did take a polygraph and it was inconclusive. Um, but police were comparing it to all Nancy's handwriting samples and it was her handwriting. So what could this mean, you know? So, <laughs> so at the trial, Jerry Sims, who was the ADA, um, this badass woman who was interviewed in Forensic Files, she calls on a handwriting expert who noticed small differences between Richard's and Nancy's handwriting. Because remember, when they were in Harvard, they learned how to write just like each other yep so in forensic files the handwriting expert explains the subtle differences in their handwriting he says that nancy favored the use of the ampersand while richard wrote out the word and and that nancy wrote her f's with a swoop that went clockwise at the bottom but his went counterclockwise so it almost looked like a j um and so just little things that i write
1: my counterclockwise well no maybe i do
0: I do I don't know. I do them like Nancy and not like Richard because I had to stop and pretend I was writing mine to see. Um
1: Yeah, I do mine counterclockwise. Let me see yours.
0: You and I write them the same way. We write like Nancy. So then we do our ours counterclockwise and he did his clockwise. Okay. Um, so um they also said that like her S's were always serpentine, like she didn't write the cursive S that looked like a a stick with a curl on the end. Like she wrote the traditional like print S, and he wrote the stick with the curl. A Listen, stick with a curl. T- trying to describe a visual source for an auditory medium, I am very, very good at.
1: So the S that doesn't look like an S, this guy.
0: <laughs> yes. So he wrote S's that way and she wrote a traditional print S. He wrote them
1: S's like a normal person this way.
0: Yes. Because um, they both wrote in this cursive hybrid, like cursive print hybrid.
1: That's what I do anyway. Me
0: too. Um, so he basically, um, so these minor but consistent differences led him to only one conclusion. And that was that Richard had forged the diary entry. Um. So while the ADA was like, was figuring things out, she also went and questioned the people at chemical engineering company or had them question. I don't know how that worked out. She said she did it, but maybe the ADA does that. I feel like they don't have enough time to do that. And she had people do it. I don't know. Um, No way to know. Right. So Richard claimed he got his arsenic from there um, and, you know, had receipts and um, Nancy had signed that receipt but the chemical engineering company said that their the receipts they issued to customers looked nothing like that, and that they didn't actually sell any of the chemicals that were listed on that receipt. Um, and also they found that Richard
1: you know, just like the tiniest bit of research. Richard, I know your wife did all your homework in college, but like you <laughs> have to know how to use a catalog. I don't know a catalog. Yeah, I mean it's it's not Google days yet, so. Uh
0: right right just like do anything um how about just start with not murdering people don't murder people it's mean it's mean (laughs) (laughs) so um he they also found that this um like those chemicals he had delivered to his p.o box that nancy didn't know about not to his job or his house. So, like, you know, when you buy ant poisoning, you have it sent to a nefarious secret post box so that you can kill ants. I mean, I do. Right. Um, so, the handwriting expert, however, could not determine if Nancy had actually signed the receipt. Um, but there was no reason to believe that she actually had. Um, mm-hmm. And then they determined that the anonymous threatening letter on behalf of her former co-worker was not a big, like, was nothing. No one could trace it to anyone involved in the embezzlement case. And then, in what I consider the true Elwood's moment, they open the door and Tammy, the girlfriend, comes marching down the aisle to testify against Richard, basically. Um, because... She oh, so do it. Yeah. So they're questioning her and she does not like even hesitate when they ask her questions about like her relationship with Richard. And then she's, they ask, did, did she know that she, he had a wife and she says that she was told that Nancy was dying from a fatal, like a rare fatal blood disease. And that when she did die, Richard was like, it's done basically, Um, Now we can be together. And she was like, as far as I'm concerned, that's just more proof that he's a liar. Like, like Tammy was like, I, I, this all sucks, but I don't want to be part of why it sucks even more. So here's, here's what I can give you. Um, And like what, he just, he just went to her and was
1: like, uh, the blood disease works. She died.
0: (laughs) The blood disease works. And she's like, wait. Wait. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> so, God. um, so while gold, oh, and then you mentioned this, and I didn't put it in my notes, and I meant to. Um, they Nancy had made a life insurance policy that like had changed her life insurance policy to, to pay out to her daughters. And mm. then very quickly after had signed a form rescinding that statement. Um, mm. so the courts pretty much decided that Nancy had not rescinded that statement, that that signature was probably not signed by Nancy. Um, <clears throat> right. Um, so Gail Golden had described Nancy as infuri- infuriatingly optimistic about saving her marriage. But then it came out that she, like, okay, so I did start writing it here. Um, she had removed him as the beneficia- beneficiary in her life insurance policy. And then she also went to the bank and shut him off from all of their joint bank accounts. um, Because she had been stuck with the bill for the $6,000. Dollar ring he had bought for his girlfriend
1: okay yes so they talk about this in the movie and they're like it's during the grand jury trial and they're, they're like oh um, is that ring from Richard and she's like yeah and she's like oh how, do you know how much it cost she's like oh it was appraised at this much whatever and, and she's like but we were still just friends and I was like he gave you a $6,000 ring as your friend
0: right what okay in high school my best friend's boyfriend gave me a seiko watch it was a limited edition beautiful seiko watch he'd gotten for christmas because he didn't wear watches and i just kept waiting for the day he asked for a blowjob to pay it back he never did but like i was i knew that that watch was going to come with strings attached because friends don't just give you expensive jewelry without wanting something back
1: What a charming story.
0: You're welcome.
1: (laughs) I didn't say thank you.
0: It was implied. Mm. It was inferred. How's that? Um, Yeah. So... um, at the trial, they call in this internal medicine doctor who had been to break in the case already to testify, and he notes that Richard was smiling, joking, and laughing with the hospital staff like while they're in the emergency room. Like Nancy looks like she's on her deathbed, and he's like, have I ever told you about the time that I, you know, or like telling offensive jokes. I just imagine it's offensive jokes. I have no support for this, but I just feel like it is. Um, probably was a detective noted that upon being informed that nancy had passed away from poisoning richard didn't even ask any questions so not like oh my god are you sure not like is there going to be an investigation not even like do you think it was me like okay
1: thanks what poison right what you think it was in our food? Should I get tested for poison? Should the
0: girls get tested? We have children? Are they at risk? Mm-hmm. like no, none of that um and then most damningly, a laboratory found lethal amounts of arsenic in Nancy's hair, liver, and kidneys um and the the cool thing, and I meant to say about this, but I did kind of research this the strands of hair served as a map of doses that coincided mm-hmm. with Richard's visit. So remember how I told you he'd come and stay around mm-hmm. for like two weeks and then be gone for a while? So as they yep. as they looked at her hair, you could see like at the roots was the most recent dosing of arsenic and then the amount of t- at time it takes the average human to grow hair like a month didn't have anything and then there was a two-week period of hair growth that had arsenic in it and it was like between witness testimony and Richard's statements and stuff it would line up exactly with all the times he'd come home and you can yeah, see
1: your like, hair has a lot of secrets for yes, sure
0: like Gretchen Wiener style
1: yeah
0: um and so He basically held that um, that was all just coincidence Um, and that maybe she was taking it for attention while, like his defense, he was like, well, she was probably just taking it for attention while he was there, so she'd be sick for those two weeks. And- Attention, attention. Yeah. There, his defense is that she
1: poisoned herself with arsenic for attention
0: right and to which every medical expert who has been interviewed now in this case including today have all said nobody is going to fucking do that for attention not a single person no. so um he naturally pleaded guilty i mean not guilty um he painted this picture of nancy harming herself plotting her own demise and the court was like uh nah dude nah (laughs) so they did also um intercept those vitamins and the vitamins actually had that um the barium nitrate I think is what it was barium Mm -hmm. carbonate uh which is used in glass production um injected in those and so he had in fact tried multiple types of poisons um Mm -hmm. so the jury returned the verdict in less than three hours they're just like like, what is the what are the chances that
1: he was trying to poison her with this barium whatever and then also someone else poisoned and killed her with arsenic
0: right right um so um gail said Quote, the jury returned its verdict in less than three hours. As the courtroom doors opened, I saw an ashen Richard looking back at the crowd filling it, filing in. When the foreman read guilty, his eyes widened. Then he stared straight ahead, hung his head, and sighed. "I can't believe this has happened," he told his defense. Minutes later, as they sat in the holding cell, "I'm innocent." Outside, amid <laughs> a- <laughs> outside amid a flurry of television cameras, the Dillards were whisked away. In the emptiness that followed, journalists milled the halls looking for someone who would comment on the case. I worked toward the I walked toward the elevators and left. Soon I was driving up Central Expressway in the pouring rain. As I had done so often in the years before, I turned off at Mockingbird and zigzagged past SMU to the duplex. And I can kind of picture this area because I love the SMU area. Yeah. <laughs> um the shutters were drawn. The Christmas lights were hanging in the same loose way as the year before when I had taken them down as Nancy lay dying, sitting there. Oh yeah. So she w- he was convicted in less than a year after she died, which is probably the fastest trial I've ever heard of. Texas does not waste time. Nope. Um, she said, let's see. Um, Sitting there in my car, it seemed absurd after all these months. My doubt about who killed Nancy should have fallen apart based on the shape of an I, an F, and an S. But that was all it took. Mere markings of a pen had become for me the desperate imprints of a very convincing liar. And so part of this was about her relationship with Richard and how she really did believe him, you know. um. So during the sentencing Judge John C. Cruzo said that Lyon, quote, used various and sundry chemicals to kill Nancy. The first two didn't work, and you finally finished her off with arsenic, a tried-and-true method of producing death. Um, He gave him life in jail with a $10,000 fine. Um, (laughs) By the way, in other applications, Cruzo was known for being merciful He was part of a bipartisan effort to give alcoholic and drug addicted offenders treatment instead of incarceration. Um, So we stand him too. Yeah, (laughs) and so like when he threw the fucking book at. at Wait, is this is the only person we hate in this movie? The murderer. Yes.
1: Right. (laughs) That does not happen on this show. so. Um, So it's
0: history. I wanted to close with the closing of this article from Gail Golden um, because she sums it up with a year or on New Year's Day. I think it was a year after the sentencing or almost a full year after the sentencing. um, She went to see Richard in jail. He wasn't expecting me. I didn't quite know how to alert him that I was coming. So I simply showed up. Richard entered on the other side of the bulletproof glass dressed in white jail overalls. An orange ID band encircled his wrist. He looked pale but lively. He sat down easily and picked up the phone. He looked as even-tempered and pleasant as I remembered him. There was no desperation in his voice or face. How are you doing, I asked. Not great, he said, but we're working on getting a new trial now. He talked quickly Uh, His talk quickly moved into a litany of reasons why he should have been acquitted, especially with what the forensic evidence showed. You tell me how I could have given her those prior exposures, he said. You tell me and then I can sit in a jail cell and think about it. But you can't tell me. That's reasonable doubt. So there are like three instances of when he wasn't there that they couldn't figure out where the um barium carbonate would come from but most likely it was the pill like they could not definitively say but it was most likely the vitamins that he'd laced with it that she'd taken after he was gone
1: yeah exactly and this is not like rocket
0: science right i was blunt with him the handwriting analysis had hurt him so did his apparent lies to the police and it simply didn't make sense that nancy would beg for help in the hospital if she had killed herself I don't understand it either, he said. I lived with her and I don't understand it. All I know is she brought she bought arsenic. That receipt is real. Why should I forge that stuff? As he talked...
1: Oh, to get away with murder. Right,
0: right. As he talked, he looked me straight in the eye and I found myself searching his pale green irises for some hint of the truth. All I saw was calm, logical analysis. He had an answer for every question. The thought crossed my mind at one point that Richard is either delusional "'thoroughly evil or innocent. "'And at that moment I could not really tell which. "'You know me,' he said. "'You know I would never do anything to hurt the girls. "'I would never have taken away their mother. "'Why would I need to kill her? "'I would have walked away from the marriage. "'I was hoping my visit would give me some closure "'to the matter of my neighbor's death. "'It did not. "'What was I expecting after all? "'That Richard would suddenly break down, "'confess, set forth the story without ambiguity, "'allow me to walk away that night satisfied "'that at least I knew the whole wretched truth?' instead as the guard came to get him richard left me with this i can only pray that the truth will come out some day. he said because it didn't at the trial i cannot say richard lyon killed his wife beyond all possible doubt but like the jury i believe he is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt my knowledge will always be in fragments like the glimpses i had during the years i lived under his roof like the pieces of evidence that become the court record Or, as I thought driving back from the jail that night, like the way I saw his eyes shift downward only twice during my visit with him. The first time was when I asked about his daughters. The second time was when I suggested that maybe Nancy got her poison in the Zoverax capsules she'd been taking at the time. And that's how she closes it. Wow. So. That is the awful story of the murder of Nancy... I went blank on her last name. Lion. I kept trying to say Dillard, her maiden name. That is a that is a crazy story. Yeah. I am surprised that Lifetime left out, like for instance, left out the whole like they learned how to write just like each other because that was such like an important part in this case. Mm-hmm. Um and when they mentioned it at the start of the article the Texas Monthly article, she mentions it, like, in the third paragraph. I, then when we got to the, like, diary entry about the brother, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I know what happened now. Like. <laughs> so.
1: Don't write. Don't write papers for your
0: boyfriend. No, don't.
1: He'll kill you someday.
0: I. If we have taught you Anything. It's that you can't do anything for a man because he will kill you. And I want you to take those words to heart. (laughs) Don't
1: write papers for your boyfriend because he'll kill you.
0: Don't. Murder people. It's mean.
1: Don't do your boyfriend's homework because he should have to earn his own fucking degree, man.
0: Yes, that. That. That's probably why I'm single. So, in college first of all, Sarah was taking all science classes. I was taking all music classes. So it's not like we were ever in a place to do each other's homework. Except for the end of my basic biology class I had to write a research paper. And I either had time to do the research or to write the paper. But I didn't have time to do both. So I asked Sarah if I could look at one of her papers where she had done the research. And I just, like, I really just read the, like, big parts of the articles that she'd used and like read some of the articles and wrote a paper based on that. And to this day, the only thing I remember from that biology class is the information I learned from that paper, because it was so fascinating to me about how 30% of turkeys are born through parthenogenesis. Um, they don't need, a, they don't need any partner to fertilize the egg. And so my whole paper was about speciation theory and how like how we determine what is a species because Mm -hmm. there are like entire lizard populations that don't have males at all because they have figured out how to be efficient um, and they reproduce. But like the act of reproduction is how we determine what a species is. And so, um, yeah, I remember that whole paper, but I absolutely would not have understood any of that information if I had not read her paper first.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right. Well, do you remember what we're doing next week?
0: Taking a nap? Nope. Um, I have a list, but I don't, I cleaned my room, which means that I know where nothing is.
1: Next week is the Carlina White. That's right.
0: The Carlina White, which I researched once because I almost did it. Instead of one of the other cases, because yes, it's yes, <laughs> the um, uh huh, that wild one,
1: the one, the the one that's like ba- it's, it's very similar.
0: Yes, uh huh, um, because it came but up. Nisi Nash was in it. Do what?
1: Nisi Nash was in it,
0: right? Um, that sounds right. Yes, stolen by my mother, Kamaya Mobley.
1: Kamaya Mobley, that's right.
0: Yep. Um, and that one was presented by Robin Roberts.
1: Yes. Okay. So that'll be next week. So yeah, you want to tell the people where they can find us?
0: Um, you can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence you can find our website at lifetime com. that is like i said going under construction i've been working on it all week it's not ready because it's going to be a big overhaul but we do have a site active Um, you can email us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com most recently you can follow us on tiktok at lifetime sentence um and finally join us over at patreon at Patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Aaron just hey. gave us an incredible episode tonight that oh, uh, you. really like put me on the edge of my seat and made me very angry and pleased all at once. Um, because I love learning and I, I love the amount of work you put into this week's episode. So I just want to applaud thank you for that. you!
1: Yay. It was you know what? It was actually a lot of fun. Good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
0: So Good. All right, it's a lot
1: of fun to put together. Just because it like it gave me a focus for my bad energy from this week, so or this past week, right? I can go into a new week, not think about it.
0: Absolutely, a lot, um, except do think about it some. So, well, until next time, I just wanted to remind you that first of all, don't murder people; it's mean, mm-hmm. and don't forget to eat your vegetables
1: charge your phone
0: bye bye